What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on iTunes, on Spotify, listening on Stitcher and other platforms, and donating. I appreciate it. On this episode of the Dr. Funk Podcast, we're going to get into Prince, the originals, the new posthumous release put out by the Prince Estate along with Tidal and Warner Brothers and NPG. <clears throat> We'll be featuring segments from Dave Chappelle, Questlove, Van Jones, and the boy Corey T. Just like Sunny T, Corey T. <clears throat> so let's get into it. Uh, the new release is now out uh, for the first two weeks. It was available through Title only. So if you guys got Title just for that, make sure you can cancel now unless you're listening to it and enjoying it. But the physical CD is now out with a bonus track of Nothing Compares to You at Target. And you'll get the vinyl release next month, <clears throat> excuse me, which is going to have a booklet and everything else going on with it. There is a booklet in the CD, but it's not very big. It just gives you the credits and a little bit of who put it together. And then the booklet is supposed to have a lot more in it, be 35 pages, I believe, but that's with the vinyl only, and that's the purple vinyl and CD version deluxe. So let's get into the title party while we get in through the originals and reviewing it. So a week before June 7th, the release of the originals through title, they announced that they are going to have a party in L.A. thrown by Jay-Z and title uh, subscribers would get a chance to be there. And if you weren't a title subscriber, you could join free for 90 days and enter in the contest to be a part of it. Now, uh, since things between myself and the estate aren't exactly on great terms... I, you know, decided to win the contest, to enter the contest, excuse me, not win. I did not win it. Um, and just try to get in there, keep my eye on everything, do other stuff. And uh, immediately I knew someone who was going and uh, they were saying, are you going? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to ask them to get me in. I have a feeling this may be titles party anyway and not had any involvement with the estate or any involvement with Warner Brothers, which turned out to be the case, unfortunately, for a lot of things. So I entered in the contest, my friend again, getting in through another person. And he's like, oh, I'll try to get you in. And I'm like, do you know where it's at yet? That's the thing is they didn't let anyone know where it was at. So um, a week goes by. It's now like, Wednesday, the night before the party, someone I know won the contest and uh, they were checking on me to see if I was going. I'm like, no. And they're like, would you like to be my plus one? And I go, sure, that'd be awesome. I do have someone else that's working on it, but I haven't heard anything back from them either. Um, so this is already becoming a project where uh, people that were associated with friends like myself, aren't exactly getting in. And then there's a lot of other people that weren't getting in too much to my surprise. 
So flash forward to the morning of the party. Uh, finally, someone is um, getting a location where it's at. The person that won the title contest, they're supposed to hear back from title the night before of where it's at and where to meet. Nothing. They've got nothing. So they're freaking out. Did they, you know, they won the contest, but did something happen? Did something get messed up? And my friend is still trying to get me in. So we have that going on. <laughs> and it gets to the point of you're not sure if you're going to be going or not. And then I see um, a post from Apollonia that she's not going to the party or as of yet, but that's how I was too. I don't know if I'm going. Um, and I feel, okay, this is titled definitely during their own party. Like, remember they had to sue the estate in order to get this release to happen. So title wasn't exactly getting along with, with everyone, you know, they're promoting each other, but not exactly. So it's pretty obvious title didn't go to the estate and like have the people there in LA, LA that were part of um, the originals to be there that worked on it. And then the people that the songs that were written for them um, or ended up being written for them, like Sex Shooter and um, <clears throat> Manic Monday and Jill Jones, their songs were not were on the CD, but they weren't invited to the party, which was a surprise. But again, they aren't getting along. They're not thinking of the stuff that maybe they're going to be kind of hurt that they weren't invited. And I'd be hurt too. You know, um, it is called the originals. It is his recordings, but some of these songs wouldn't have become the hits without the people covering them. And just turn into this point of like, okay, I don't even know if I'm going. Then as the event cl got closer, they got back to the title winner. And then my friend's like, okay, you're going to be coming in with me. So you'll be my plus one. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. This is like literally hours before. It's like, I have enough time to shave, take care of stuff at work and um, then get ready for this event and just book. That's like all the time I have. And then hoping that maybe some of these people that were part of it will be invited last minute. I don't think that was the case. So um, we get to the hotel a little bit early, chill in the lobby area. Um, there's some fans, there's also some industry people. And we just, you know, get a little bit of an appetizer, then chop it up with some other people that were in the industry and were invited to this through title. Um, so it was like an industry party and all these other things. Then finally we decide to check in. <clears throat> then Afshin Shahidi, who we all know has taken photographs for prints over the years, joined us and he was getting in through my friend too. So he didn't get a direct invite. Now, this is all just like crazy. Like we're part of the camp, part of other stuff, but it isn't there. Um, so they check us in, they give us a badge and this like little thing. I don't even know if I still have it. Little thing that usually women uh, put on the back of their phones to hold their phones that say, 
like prints on it for the originals display. We get inside, they have these like large, um, I wouldn't say canvases, but large metal things that say prints, title, the originals. And then they have purple carpet, purple carpet area with the print symbol, with title, with the originals on it. People are taking photos. We're chilling over there. And then um, in comes Van Jones. And uh, we're talking for him for a minute. And he's all like, yeah, apparently I'm hosting the event now. So Jay-Z didn't show up. And I kind of mentioned this on Twitter, but someone took it the wrong way. I mentioned something about side-eye. Now, the NBA Finals, uh, a game was before this party, like the night before. And uh, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, uh, his wife was talking to Jay and Bay, but spending more time talking with Jay uh, instead of Beyonce. And Beyonce was in the middle and she was kind of invading Beyonce's space. And she let it be known like she wasn't cool with it. And she threw side eye to the woman and she didn't get the hint. And she threw side eye at Jay-Z and Jay-Z was like, oh, Damn, and then Beyonce kind of pushed the woman to the side a little bit with her with her elbow. But it got a lot of heat on social media that Bay was pissed. So that was the side eye I was talking about, that maybe they were supposed to come to this party. I mean, they're they're in Golden State, you know, they're over in the Bay Area. Isn't that too long of a flight back to LA? But Jay didn't show, and we don't know why. This is he was advertised for the party to host, and then a person that ended up uh, attending it was now hosting it. And then, um, same with quest love. And we'll get into that quest love and just <laughs> as, as if he doesn't have enough jobs of it going on. So <clears throat> we're chilling. Damaris Lewis is there as well. We talk, we haven't seen each other probably in about, uh, two years, probably same with van. I think maybe I saw van in another probably before that time. Then in walks Dave Chappelle and uh, with his boy Mathieu. And we just kind of like head on over to the VIP area somewhat. And I see some people that I know that um, are fans and won the contest. And then my other friend that won the contest is able to bring along someone else that, you know, doesn't is a fan, but doesn't exactly pay attention to bootlegs. So probably enjoy this record more so than we do that know this stuff. So yeah, no Apollonia, no Jill, no Susanna Hoffs, no Susanna Melvoin, no uh, Kenny Rogers even. I'm not trying to be funny here. Um, and I figured maybe, just maybe, they'd have like the time perform or other things. Nope. But... They had a DJ set up. The place looked very nice. It was very classy. And, you know, I just, I had a good time. I wish that other people were there is all to share in this experience of this release and that we're part of Prince, Prince's life and these recordings that were made. Um, with that being said, we're going to get into the party and the tracks now and play you some clips from Dave Chappelle and uh, Questlove, who was the last one to join us in the area and who I've never met before till that night. We would conversate on social media and other stuff, um, but that was about it. And 
DJ was playing heavy cuts, deep cuts, and with a great sound system. So you knew that this originals, <clears throat> which we were worried about sound quality, was going to sound amazing whether the disc didn't or not because of the sound system it was on. And Prince always loved to be playing people like the new music through the sound system at Paisley Park because you're having a state of, state of the art equipment, state of the art system, it's going to sound amazing on, no matter what it sounds like. You know, you probably could have... So the first person that spoke was Van Jones, and he started uh, talking about, like, we get to hear this music for the first time, someone at least this project of it, and played Sex Shooter and then talked about it. And, you know, Sex Shooter sounds amazing. It's a little bit, it was edited a little bit, meaning some parts were cut out. And I don't want to go through the entire thing like that, but there's some tracks that were shortened whether it was for vinyl or for fitting reasons or other things added and manipulated due to maybe the tracks being damaged or not fully there but we'll get into that at the end right now we're just gonna get through the party so it doesn't lag stuff so van talked first and then he brought up dave Chappelle, and dave had this to say and to share an experience regarding prince and some other stuff so here we go. Here's Dave Chappelle at the Originals listening party. Sorely, sorely missed uh, by me. I'm sure by many of us. I know Quest Love from the Roots is here. You know, we did this Rick James sketch on Chappelle show. Uh, you know, it, it, it happened because Charlie Murphy told the story of much about fighting Rick James on five different occasions. <laughs> so he picked like the top two. And made a sketch. But then he told us the Prince basketball story. And we were like, yo, let's do that shit. So then we got all excited. And uh, we called Prince up like, yo, would you be interested in hearing this sketch? And he was like, no.
uh, after Prince passed, man was one of the first people I talked to because uh, he was helping his family get his, his affairs in order because nobody was expecting it. Uh, it was devastating. And, and man, boy, it feels so much better. Yeah, my man Matthew Baton is here. Matthew Baton, world class photographer. I met him in Prince's living room with Lenny Kravitz. Uh, you guys, man, he had no idea. We'll be friends for the rest of my life. And your work means the world to me. And you know what the hell the wheel is, bro. So that's why I'm here tonight. Shout out to Jay-Z. Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to the Nelson family. Very cool on that forum with Dave and sharing that story. And Amir <coughs> Questlove was in the corner chugging it up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. So that was just cool. And, uh, Dave getting up and talking and he uh, actually kind of like when Corey was talking, we're going to play that shortly. Uh, he interjected in that. So we're not fully done with uh, the Dave Chappelle stuff. If you're looking for that, so they played jungle love. They played manic Monday. They got to new rendezvous. And then uh, I believe the next person that got up and talked uh, was Damaris Lewis. So now we're going to listen to Damaris show not exactly show, but tell some print stories and about young artists that are into it or people that are just obsessed with social media trying to have an audience about how Prince would handle stuff. So here we go. Here is Damaris Lewis. You don't need validation for it. You don't need somebody to like your 
So I'm here because I have to keep going. And anybody who's heard his music, you are the encore. You wish he was here to give you that encore, but you are the encore. We are here. It's up to us to continue on and keep his music alive. And he's here. Thanks for the love, Damaris. I appreciate it. <clears throat> now, there's another person uh, that was there that spoke with Damaris that was a guest, uh, Eric Green. He told Damaris that he was going to use something um, in a speech that he was going to give and wanted her to know about it and that he did use it and just want to let her know that. So there you go, Eric. Give you the shout out for it. Um, and then, of course... Questlove, because we never met before, <clears throat> he was like, that's Funkamary, that's Funkamary. So he ran over to me, we had introductions, then people were taking photos and we were just chopping it up, talking, you know, about Prince and unreleased music and stuff that we shouldn't have or have and other things. And uh, it was just a really good time and I enjoyed it. Now, the next thing that we're going to play is, I believe, uh, Van talking about Corey and as well as the Yes We Code movement. So he's going to bring <clears throat> Corey up to talk. And you also you'll get a little bit of a Dave Chappelle <laughs> and Corey having a little bit of an interaction, which I'm sure blew Corey's mind. Uh, let's get into it. I'm sending a large amount of money to this family, and I want you to make sure that they have everything that they need. And they never knew that Prince had done that until the day after Prince died and Rev told them. Prince did stuff like that all of the time. He gave away tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I respect and love everybody who does that, puts their name on the building, wants to have a foundation named after them, after them, Prince never wanted to help. He just wanted to help you. And one of the last things that he did before he passed away, he finally stepped before the public and announced that he was wanting to help kids get involved in Silicon Valley. He said, I don't understand why Steve Jobs gets money off of our music. He can't play the guitar. Doesn't make sense. Why can't we have some of that money? Why can't our young people be taught to not just download apps, but create and upload our own apps? Independence. That's what he wanted. And so he put tremendous resources behind something called Yes We Code. And that effort continues to this day. And when it began to falter and founder, it turned out that he had put some people in key positions all throughout American society and nobody knew until they had to be cloaked. I want to bring to the stage a young man that people would be shocked to know was a part of the Prince camp. He's in a very high position, but he's using it to help people get to that high position. Bring to the stage my brother Corey and the Yes We Code crew. Come on up here. 
friends through the inner circle and uh, attended a lot of parties. Back in 1995, actually, the first act I ever saw was this 18-year-old kid, really skinny, but funny as shit, and it was Dave Chappelle. And it's a true story, right, Dave? Absolutely. It's Lou Park. And it's the first time I saw you, too. Amazing. Uh, anyway, I... Yes, he did. <laughs> So that was pretty cool. What Van was talking about first <clears throat> was uh, Trayvon Martin. After his murder, uh, Prince found a way to get the money, and they never knew that it came from Prince until after Prince passed. And as a year with Chappelle, <laughs> you know, uh, the first time that Corey was at Paisley was when Dave was performing there. And me and Questlove were talking, and then <clears throat> this woman comes up to him and goes, hey, here's your notes for the second half of hosting. And he's like, what? <laughs> so just like with Van not knowing that he was hosting the event, Questlove didn't know that he was co-hosting the event to like literally 20 seconds before he had to get on stage. He thought I was just like, you know, going to be a lucky fan and just be able to listen to all this stuff. And he was just enjoying himself. And... um. But yeah, <laughs> but Prince would do that too. When you go to his parties, you know, he'd be hoping you bring your instrument along because if you're invited and you can play, you're probably going to get pulled up on stage to do it. So here is Questlove <laughs> talking about how literally he just got pulled on stage to co-host this event and uh, share a Prince story or three.
So there we go with Questlove. He did talk more, same with Van, but people were uh, paying attention to their phones as Van was saying, like, get off, get off the Tinder. <laughs> so it's hard to make out that audio, but the sound sounded great uh, on it. Of course, like me and Quest are, are talking it up now. So it's like we're not exactly paying attention to certain things, but we do hear like, wait, that's, that's not the version we thought that was going to be on there. And we're kind of like, huh, okay, they kind of got us by surprise on that one. So <clears throat> I enjoyed the party. And <laughs> I think I had it on title when we were, when I was driving back home after I met up with Corey at his hotel. Um, but I don't know if the sound just wasn't popping through through my system in the car or whatever, but uh, had to turn up kind of loud to have it. But since then, got, got a copy, a physical copy, and that kind of, you know, within a day, just that's what I was listening to instead. Um, but enjoy the versions of Sex Shooter, of Jungle Love, and just like how, you know, a lot of people, I think they're going to like have to like pay attention that, that's Prince doing it, you know, because as you hear it and it's played somewhere, you're not going to exactly notice like the differences, but we'll, we'll notice those things because of the call out and hearing the laugh and paying, paying attention to those certain things that just make it so different. Same with Manic Monday and then Noon Rendezvous. Uh, this version, just piano and his voice, right? Interesting version of it. And then he had makeup, which was pretty awesome. And then people, I think with that and Manic Monday and the sex shooter, that's when people are like, oh, he's gender bending. And there was times that he did that, especially earlier in his career. But see, the reason I take offense to that more so than anything is that David Bowie was doing that with Ziggy Stardust and a few other things. So it's like <clears throat> Prince was being the true Gemini when he was doing stuff like that more so. So 
when it comes to things like gender bending and saying stuff like that, I think it's a discredit to artists like David Bowie when you're doing that. And that's why I kind of mentioned that in social media when articles are doing that. And just like what Questlove was saying that the journalist was being lazy. Um, that's how I felt about it too. And <clears throat> You're My Love is on there, which was an, inter an interesting track uh, that caught a lot of people's attention at first because it was written for Kenny Rogers. And he has seen it in a, in a different octave a deeper octave. <clears throat> and even though it's not, let's say, going to hit number one and get caught up on stuff, well, can't really hit number one unless you put it out to the general public anyway, right? Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, but it wasn't a lot of people's favorite. But the thing is, is it became like an earworm to where the next day it was in their head and they were thinking of it and they had to listen to it again. That's kind of how I felt, you know, and I was playing it for my friend in the car and he was, you know, enthralled with the glamorous life and uh, the versions of the bird. And then this song as well, dear Michelangelo really didn't speak to him too much. And he had hundred miles an hour and his vocals were so buried under the sound. It's like, kind of sounds like they put other stuff on top of it. I don't know if the two track was messed up on that one or not, but his vocals are buried pretty deep in the mix. At least that's my opinion of it. That's what I'm hearing on the phones. That's what I'm hearing in the system. Those little audiences loved Holly rock. There's a little Shilly ease my name and all that was really cool. Baby, you're a trip. Uh, Jill nailed it out of the park on her version of it and Prince did a good, a good thing. You know, these, these again are the demos. These are like the tracks are laid down. I want you to do it like this. And Jill knocked it out of the park with that. So that was a good version of it. But I also like Jill's, um, not maybe original, but I like her version of the song that was intended for her. And of course the glamorous life, it's missing a few extra things as people will pay out. But yes, Sheila added stuff on top of that after the mix. And the thing that's interesting about this track is if you've always listened to The Glamorous Life and if you pay close attention, you've always heard Prince's vocals underneath Sheila's. You know, we hear the story of Sheila back then. She didn't really want to be a singer. He was forcing her to be one. So she was nervous about it. I think they kept his vocals underneath it so it helped her out a little bit but she did she did great but you've always heard his vocals deep in the mix you can hear it on her version of it still <clears throat> and uh gigolos get lonely too just man you know morris may not have created the persona but he played it up to a t and became it for sure and it just shows that prince's creativity of stuff like yo I get the rock and roll money, you know, but I don't want to abandon my roots of the funk. So you're getting, you're getting these grooves, you know, <clears throat> and think about it at the times, those songs that Prince was putting out, whether it's do me baby or international lover or free, then you had something like gigolos get lonely too. You know, he was doing it all on all aspects and not just for himself, for so many other artists that are on this. Then you get to love that will be done. And I like it. 
I've always loved love, love that will be done. The problem is with the fragmented vault where you have Warner Brothers that has a certain amount of years and then uh, Sony that has other ones as well. The 1995 version of Love That Will Be Done is just a lot more fuller. You know, this is the basic demo track and that him and Martika were going back and forth on it and there was more stuff added to her vocal range or whatever. And Prince in the 1995 version, like his vocals hit on a better note than say this one. And I love having this version. Uh, I guess it's just that, that 95 version. And then after like he was doing one of us in concert during jam of the year. And then for the new power soul tour and the tour overseas, he started doing love that will be done instead. It just that version of it. And with the guitar, it just, it just sounds so fuller and it's just so much more emotional. I can't explain it. It lacks on this version of it. It lacks the depth of what that song is about and the Martika version. Dear Michelangelo wasn't exactly a hit. It's a curious choice for this to show his depths. I know some hardcore fans uh, that have talked to me like there's so much more they could have put out. Why that one? That wasn't a hit. I'm like, they're just trying to show the range. And hoping that, you know, they may not be familiar with her version, but maybe they'll be familiar with this or have to look it out. Although the album is out of print, so it's going to be hard to find. Then a Wouldn't You Love to Love Me. I think a lot of people were expecting the earlier version of the late 70s instead of this 81, 82 version. And, you know, the tempo sped up a little bit. And Michael Howe said in the interview that that was because, like, because of the tape quality and some other things that they had to do. So other people are saying, see, they're manipulating the sound. They're doing this, they're doing that. And I think there's some things that they had to do. And yes, there was manipulating of the sound on certain tracks of this and the speeds that needed to be done. Now the editing of it, um, I'll probably know more about that when the vinyl comes out to see the timing of it. But these things may have been done to fit the timing and people are like, who cares? I want on the CD. I want on this. I want the CD can now hold up to 80 minutes and no one's doing 80 minute disc anymore. You're getting what you got with, with the vinyl releases in the eighties. And that's why you had to have something like computer blue chopped down more so than what it was. And then of course, and nothing compares to you version on is beautiful. And then the target version with the bonus version is more so of like what you heard in the video and other stuff. But got to make sure to get that target version, the physical release of it, if you want that bonus song. And now I know some people that, you know, they're upset about the packaging that with the CD, there's no real booklet. It's just credits. It has the gatefold that opens up and you see like all the records, the associated artists and their release of the songs. Um, but people, you don't get the booklet. You just get really credits and then many thanks uh, to people that put the project together and who they wanted to thank, including the family. Um, but it's just lacking. Um, there just could have been some stuff about chart position or other things that could have been added for note. Uh, even, even not Wikipedia version of it, but just like this charted and the reason that this didn't make, you know, stalled at number two is because kiss was actually number one speaking of manic monday 
there's like certain stories that could be told with this that, you know, they don't, they shouldn't have to wait to get the deluxe version where you have to buy the purple vinyl and the CD in order to get the big booklet that'll have some other stuff because people want to know it. But the problem that we're dealing with is that the CD is a dying format, unfortunately. Um, when you're getting a new car nowadays, you usually don't have a CD player in your car anymore because they want you to have Apple Music or Spotify or other things or the XM radio that they sell with it. They want you to have those things. So they're phasing out the CDs, so they're not putting a lot of into the booklets. But then you only get a booklet with a special edition that's $54. You're not getting it with a regular black vinyl. You're not getting it with the special edition white vinyl that you have to order through the estate. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about some stuff. Let's talk about sales. Because I'm worried about the two weeks being free on title and that other people, especially with no booklet, no extra stuff, that you know they're either going to hold off on how they got it or keep their title membership or um, just not pick up the CD and just allow to have the digital, the digital sale if they even got it that way. Now there was something that I put out there that I thought was an ingenious idea a few years ago. I was calling it, it musicology 2.0 to where I've been saying for a while. And you guys know it, that the money right now isn't in the music as much as we want the vault out as much as we want other stuff out the merchandise is selling more than the music. So I came up with an idea that they should have um, a new release, say such as the originals. And it's with, not only do you have the, these versions come out and probably couldn't do this maybe because of the title deal, but it seems like a missed opportunity where you have four shirts that come out, three are retro and one is new. And when I mean retro, I just, and they are new, but it'll have designs from back in the day. Like, hello, like, you know, you could have like uh, Jungle Love with, with Prince and Morris on the shirt, like him pretending to be Jamie Starr, one of those photos and other things on these shirts. Then you have a download code for the album attached with the shirt. And then that counts as a sale. So, and of course, you have Prince fans that want to buy all the merch. They would buy all four shirts. Now, some people, you have to think outside the box, especially when you have, when it's for an artist that's no longer with us. He can't go on Jimmy Fallon and perform. Uh, he can't do certain things, obviously, anymore. So you have to think outside the box in order for sales because these are important because we want more releases like this. And it was kind of shot down that it's not an idea that people would use anymore. Ah, contraire, mon frère. Last week, Tyler, the creator, debuted at number one with his new album. It sold 74,000 copies. Yes, CDs really aren't selling that much anymore, are they? Uh, 68,000 of the 74,000 copies sold were from an ingenious idea of t-shirts with downloads four of them interesting and 68,000 of the t-shirts with the download code sold now i do think that 
the purple fam, the Prince Army, whoever we want to call themselves, uh, they, I think there's more than 74,000 of us, right? So to bond multiple shirts would have more sales and this would have counted with the download. Who knows if Billboard is going to be allowing that into the future. But again, I kept saying the money is in the merchandise. You guys have heard me say it over the years that, that that's what's going on. We need to put it together, put it together and have it sell. So the music sells so we can get more things from the vault faster. Because a lot of people worry that they're not going to be here when everything gets out. And these would be ideas that you have to think outside the box of. Now, Madonna is going to take that position away with, I believe, 80 to 100,000 copies sold, which I'm just surprised by. Like, someone going inside Target and buying 50 copies in a few months going to return it back. I know she released seven singles, but her last album, The Empire Soundtrack Season 1, sold more than it to debut at number one. And then that was a better album than this one. And this one's selling more. There's something up, especially with the tour sales, uh, the tour, tour ticket sales at the small theaters, although the prices are a bit obnoxious. Um, so here we have the originals coming out. We've had it two weeks for free on spot on title. And are people going to be buying it? Are people going to be doing this? Are people going to be doing that? We have to worry about that. And where's the incentive? I for sure thought, and who knows, who knows what's going to happen this weekend. But I for sure thought we were going to get like um, rehearsal footage of Manic Monday and then Prince on stage with the Bengals performing, which was a short clip of like two minutes, but it's out there um, mixed in with that. I thought for sure that there'd be like a video package that you could have, you know, that may, may have been made up of stuff from the Netflix uh, documentary that Ava is working on. And that you use those segments and then you have, because there's this new MTV version. It's kind of a pay MTV, but they're playing videos. It's only two commercials when it airs. I've been loving it. They have MTV classics now too. It just makes no sense because you could have like a half hour special to an hour special. You could have the original videos of Sex Shooter, Jungle Love, Manic Monday. You could have had um, Holly Rock. You could have Glamorous Life. You can have Love Thy Will Be Done. And you could have nothing compares to you from Sinead. You can also have the version instead of Sinead, which I would appreciate of uh, that was released um, last year with the rehearsal footage on it. I thought that would be amazing. There's certain things you have to think of outside the box when it comes to doing stuff. And the reason uh, that it's easier for me to come up with these ideas, and I'm not sharing everything that I have because they're taking stuff and they don't want me part of the team, but they're glad to use my ideas. Just like they're glad to use Dave Hampton stuff for Paisley Park. Um, so I'm not giving every, everything out, but it just boggles my mind. And the reason that I'm more inclined to know about these things is not arrogance. It's because Prince would do Sign Out Live for 3121 promotion months before it came out and then do the Brit Awards. Then the album would come out. And there'd be nothing when the album drops. I'd be like, man, he should be doing Ellen. He should be talking about how you can, you know, you, you get the album. It could be a chance to get a purple ticket inside. It was house party. But you didn't want to do these things. So you had to think of other ways to promote him, other ways to do stuff. Whether it's digitally or doing stuff that you have these specials that could air on YouTube. 
and air on MTV Classic or the new MTV. Um, put them together. And if you're using stock footage of stuff, and make sure that during these interviews with Ava, you're going to have a release like this. You ask about the songs. And if these people are interviewed, you use that for that special as well. It's just like what VH1 would do with I Love the 80s or I Love the 90s. They would use stock footage, but they'd also have them talking about different stuff and then knowing, okay, we're going to have a special that's going to be focused on the top 100 artists of all time or the top R&B jams of all time. And you have these people talk about that, then it's used for other specials. We have to do things like that because the artist that is putting this out obviously can't tour anymore, and we sure as heck don't want a damn hologram. So you got to think outside the box of promotion. And <coughs> these things aren't as expensive, especially if you're using footage that's already going to be used for other projects, you know, because... I don't think Warner's, aside from doing anything digitally for this, uh, there's not going to be any posters for this in, in the U.S. I don't know about Europe. And as much as I was hoping that there would be their own release party, so, you know, Apollonia and Susanna, Hoffs and Melvoin, Jill, they all get the love that they deserve and have this party because they were part of it. Whether it's his original versions, without them, like some of these songs don't have the notoriety including the time, including Morris. Um, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So it's up to us to do the promotion for Warner Brothers and the estate because they're not thinking outside the box. The T-shirts, look, wouldn't we all love, you know, four, four new shirts, three retro, one new. You could have had Prince the Originals, like the cover of it could have been a shirt and it has the download code. Then you could have had some other stuff, like I said, about the the photo of Morris and Prince, uh, where Prince is uh, dressed up as Jamie Starr. That could have been on a shirt. There's other stuff that could have been done along with the newer image, you know, with the afro or whatnot. And you guys would have purchased it. And then that would have helped with the CD sales because it would have been included on it. You got to think outside the box with this, but it's up to us. <clears throat> You're going to have to play this for your friends. Like, put it on there and not let them know. I'm like, oh, wait, what? That's him singing? Oh, get their interest in it. Uh, for people's birthdays that celebrate it. Uh, pick it up. Give, give it as a gift. And when holidays are coming up, they're, they're getting a copy of it. Because we're going to have to do the promotion for them. And I'm really worried about first week numbers and making sure it continues because I think this is a huge upgrade of Piano 83. And my problem with Piano 83 was that for a first posthumous release, it should have been something like the originals. And now I would have been cool with Piano 83. So that now that that won't be the only release that's out, I'll probably be more happy with it and uh, be able to absorb the brilliance of it. Um, but it's up to us. It's up to us because... Aside from seeing commercials on our Facebook feed or on social media, haven't seen anything, uh, a target ad for it or anything. It's, it's, it's up to us. And the thing is, is that there's other ways to be creative and you guys would be happy for that, whether it's on a YouTube channel or uh, the new MTV or other things, or even a thing with Netflix that this could have been done and on it since we're waiting for the Ava documentary is, this gives us a little bit of a taste. I mean, look, Lizzo is hot right now and it's due to a Netflix show. 
you know, even, even though juice is the jam, you know, it's truth hurts. That's blowing up. And that's all because of that show on Netflix. You got to be thinking of these things. That's why I'm saying the ideas about uh, the movie that's going to feature Prince music. It isn't a bad idea. You know, these things are stuff that the younger generation needs to be able to latch onto and find and discover. And we need to be able to allow that because we're going to see if it's just us that that's trying to promote this without anything else and just getting the word out, you know, those first week numbers, you guys be proud of that. You guys did that. And if it continues to keep selling without the push that I feel it deserves and without thinking outside the box, you know, that's it. I'm not just a person that knows about the vault, a person that has ideas and especially if you have to be on a budget because Prince would be on a budget. He wasn't trying to make no million dollar video the day an album came out. You know, there's ways to do things. And then the videos in the vault, there's certain stuff that needs to be cleaned up while the, the audio is being cleaned up and while these projects are being done, because these videos could have been helped to promote this project. And then later on could have been packaged for the holidays with the video package of, of the special or other things going on. You have to constantly think outside the box. So, you know, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to be a part of that. But, you know, right now I'm on the outside looking in while people are giving me the finger and waving like, hey, hey, you know, <clears throat> but I like this project. I really want you guys. I know you guys are going to support it, but you're just going to have to do it yourself in the sense of giving out copies to your friends, buying them copies, uh, other things like that. And then hopefully in the future, we'll be able to have more stuff behind it. Um, but that's it. You know, Warners isn't putting, putting the money to it. Like, look, title, title did their party. They put up, um, this isn't exactly a competition of it, but they put up digital ads in times square and other places on, uh, double-decker buses in LA they've been driving around and they have it you know so there's things that are out there that were used for promotional purposes but there's other things that need to catch attention aside from being a double-decker bus especially when people are on their damn phone all the time <laughs> you know hopefully they're seeing an ad for the album on their phone because they're probably missing the double-decker bus going by on it so there we go uh the originals I'm digging it. They did manipulate some of the sound stuff, but that, you know, that's, I'm sure more of it will be explained, hopefully in the booklet. Um, but as a whole, I dig it. There's a couple tracks that I probably would have chosen over other things, but who knows? And I just love how they say that, you know, hopefully there'll be other volumes of this depending on how it sells. And apparently, like I said, it's up to us. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. When you guys hear this and other things, let me know. What are your thoughts? Be careful of the of the ideas you share because they may be stolen. I just love people that are trying to be the voice right now, and then they're giving away everything for free. And I'm like, yeah, I know all of that, but I'm not giving it out for free because, you know, <laughs> they're just going to take the idea, and then you're not going to be a part of it. You know, just got to be careful with stuff. Much love, everyone. Thank you again.
for subscribing on iTunes, on Spotify. Hopefully you'll tell friends about this, just like you're going to tell them about the originals, because I would appreciate it um, very much. You can donate if you can. There's always a donate link. Much love to Sandy Roloff. Much love to the Purple Army. Much love to everyone. Rise above hate. Funk cancer. Keep it funky.